Before I get started, I just want to express that starting this podcast is kind of fucking scary. But I think that's kind of where my concept for the for the podcast even started. I am someone who is extremely afraid to to like fail. I get nervous talking about things that I don't have a completely developed understanding about. Um, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that I've, I'm in grad school. I do a lot of like education based things. I'm around super nerdy people all the time. And I think just in that, in that like area of the world, but also in, in, all aspects of life, I feel like there's this perception that people need to have a complete understanding of something to even form an opinion on it or have or like share their observations about it. But I don't think that's valid. Like, I think that's super limiting. And I think it's hard for people to grow and to learn when they're afraid to talk about shit. And I have so many thoughts in my head that I think are pretty fucking cool. And I think they warrant talking about and like I even think it will just be fun for when I'm older to kind of look back on this this podcast and listen to what I was thinking about when I was 21 years old when I was trying to navigate the world during my 20s and like what was I thinking about what was I interested about and I guess yeah so like that's kind of where the podcast concept was born from and when I'm when I'm diving into these topics that are new to me things that I'm researching things that I'm observing they're for sure going to be things that I leave out I'm not like I said an expert on anything but that's fine it doesn't mean that we're not allowed to share our thoughts and share our opinions and share observations and want to like gather more information about it. So don't fucking come at me in my DMs, please. Once I release this episode, I won't look at it if it's like that because I just I just don't want to fucking hear it. First of all, I don't really care that much. Second of all, I'm not speaking about things as though they are fact. I'm never going to present something as if I have a complete understanding of it because I don't. I don't at all. But I have a lot of elaborate ideas and things that I'm looking at, things that I'm interested in, topics that everyone else is interested in, but maybe I have like a little bit of a twist or a little bit of a a nuanced idea about it and I want to dive into it. And I think that this podcast is basically just me growing the balls to dive in, share my opinions, say fuck it, and just kind of express whatever it is the fuck that I want to say. And I felt like that was super dramatic. (laughs) Okay, it's really not going to be that dramatic, I promise. I'm like presenting this as if it's going to be like the most controversial podcasts since fucking Joe Rogan, but it's not. It's not going to be like that. I just want to preface it with that because I feel like, again, I feel like maybe this is something that I've internalized and I'm projecting it, but I feel like the world is so judgmental in the fact and like so limiting in the fact that people expect us to have 
these complete understandings of things and I just don't think that's realistic that's like very egotistical to think oh I know every single thing that there is to know about this topic and only then can I share what I'm thinking about it I think that's bullshit I just I don't agree with it and I got a snapchat that's surprising hey Laura hey Lindsay Okay, um, I just think that that's not realistic, and I, yeah, I think it's egotistical. Not everyone knows all there is to know about something. I know, like, a little bit about a lot of things, <laughs> and I want to dive into those little bit about a lot of things and kind of, like, look deeper, research some stuff. I want to learn shit. I'm, like, a super nerdy person, and I want to share what I'm learning. So, like, I guess we can dive into... I have, like, re-recorded this episode too many times because I don't really have it, like, I don't really have it written down. I don't know if that's how people are supposed to do podcasts. I'm just kind of, like, coming up with an idea, gathering some information about it, and then, like, going off, popping off about it. So, we we can get started. The essence, the idea of episode one is... Social media as a as an idea, as a subject, is super obviously so popular in today's world because everyone is on social media. It's ruling us. And you're probably thinking, wow, Kylan, you just said you had all these cool thoughts. Why the fuck are you talking about social media? That's really not that creative. I know, but just bear with me, okay? <laughs> so we all know that social media causes a lot of stress. It can cause like body image issues everyone talks about like the negative impacts of social media and personally I feel those negative impacts you can ask my friends I really I try not to use it I'll like delete my Instagram for like months at a time um I didn't have a TikTok for like really long time I just recently got it for this podcast um it's caused so much anxiety in my life like honestly like sounds so fucking cliche but like depression a lot of body image issues and that's like gonna be probably a topic for another day but I think this affects us all obviously everyone fucking talks about it what I really want to know is how how what is this doing to our brains like what the fuck is going on up there when we are consuming social media more specifically at the mass scale that we consume it. So I want to look at how does how do our brains are our brains equipped to handle the millions of social interactions that we're having on a daily basis whether that be on Instagram, on TikTok, on Snapchat, on whatever fucking platform you use, are your brains like are our brains able to handle that much shit? That many people that many interactions and I don't really know is going to be the short answer I'll explain why in a second um I guess I really started my I started gathering the answer to this question that I was having um by looking at our brains so I kind of thought of it as like okay we used to be like cavemen right we used to live in these 
little villages. This is I, I don't know if this is factual, but this is how I'm how I'm picturing the past. We used to live with like five people or whatever, and or a hundred people in our little villages doing whatever the fuck it is that cavemen were doing, like hunting, hunting and gathering berries. I don't fucking know. They could not handle one million social interactions. They could not even process what a like was. They don't know what going viral is. That didn't exist. So how the fuck do our brains handle that now? Obviously, our brains have evolved since, like, the first human existed. But have they really evolved that much, like, at such a fast pace to which, like, social media has evolved? I'm not sure. So when I was diving into this, I found this guy. This guy's name is Robin Dunbar. Robin Dunbar. And he is... <laughs> sorry. He is an anthropologist and an evolutionary psychologist who was kind of studying this. He has this... He came up with this theory, basically, in the 90s um, that looked at brains and social systems and social interactions... And I'm just sorry. I'm like looking at a picture of him. He's this your t picture your typical old white dude. He's got glasses. He has gray hair. I'm assuming he has like a big ego. Most intellectuals do, but I can't confirm because I never met him. But in the 90s, he theorized that humans they can't have more than 100 meaning 150 meaningful um friendship slash relationships and this number got named after him so 150 is dunbar's number basically in this world and um he looked at all he looked a lot at like non-human primates so like monkeys and shit like that and he was really interested in the relationship between group size so like the size of a group of humans or a, i guess a group of monkeys or primates, not necessarily monkeys, and brain size, and whether this relationship could impact um, our social systems and like how social we are with each other and how our brains handle social interactions. So basically, how he came up with this ratio, he used a lot of different like neuroimaging techniques. He looked at time spent on grooming, like primates grooming each other which for them is like a very important social behavior. And he basically found that size, size relative to the body of your neocortex, which is a part of your brain that's associated with language and shit, I'm forgetting, cognition. That is linked to to be able to maintain like a cohesive social group, something that's not fragmented. And he found that there's, like, a limit on how much our social systems can handle, how much capacity we have to handle social systems. So that's how he got the number of 150, by looking at grooming and basically brain, brain size and, like, functions of your brain. So, like I said, that's how he came up with the number 150. And I thought this was interesting because I personally cannot handle 150 
like interactions and social relationships. My everyone who knows me, my social what's the term? Like clock. Like I get drained from like the most minimal social interactions. Like I am such a loner. I love being alone. Story for another day, but I don't have 150 people in my life. I don't think. Like I guess I do, but not that I have the most like close relationships to like for sure I literally have like five friends like five close friends like people that truly know me which is fine people are gonna be like oh Kylan you sound so sad I'm not fucking sad okay (laughs) that just got so aggressive but basically I don't have 150 stable relationships for sure I do believe that that's like I do believe Robin Dunbar when he says that's what we can handle for sure. I'm just like weird. I'm quirky. Ew. Okay. Um, I hate myself. So I thought that this was interesting because social media, obviously we don't have 150 relationships on social media, right? We don't have 150 like meaningful interactions. We have a lot fucking more than that. I have like I don't even know how many followers I have. I deleted so many people off my Instagram following thing. So if you got deleted from that, I apologize. It's probably just because I don't like you, which is fine. I don't like most people. But people have like millions and millions and millions of followers and interactions on a daily basis. I don't fucking understand how that works. I have no idea how that works. That's crazy. And... I don't think Robin Dunbar took that into account when he was fucking coming up with this in the 90s. I mean, I don't even know what social media was was available in the 90s. Was there any, like, MySpace? I don't know. I was born in 2000, so I can't attest to what was going on in the 90s. I'm pretty sure it was, like, MySpace and shit like that. But that that's not the same as it is today, obviously. So there are people, when I was reading about this entire situation... There are researchers that kind of like critiqued Robin Dunbar and they were like, dude, you're you're really like missing something here. Like, I think that we are equipped to handling much more than 150 relationships. Like our brains have the capacity to to hold like much more space in our brains for these social systems. And that's because our brains are like they have neuroplasticity. And if you don't know what that is, I was a psych major, so I know some shit about this a little bit but basically neuroplasticity just means that your brains can like change with new information or like new stimuli they're just malleable basically it's a synonym for your brain is malleable so these researchers were kind of saying like you're constraining so human social systems to this number of 150 because of your research but we're kind of arguing that people can probably have more nowadays um i would argue though like well first of all robin dunbar he was he fucking clapped back he was like nah guys first of all social media relationships are not personal relationships so i wasn't taking that into account from the start and second of all i kind of agree with that a little bit just because i wouldn't say that most people on my social media i have personal relationships to Nonetheless, though, I think that these critics also have a point. Like, they're kind of arguing that new research needs to needs to come about and it needs to reflect our modern world because people are not 
people are handling more than 150 relationships. Whether they're stable or not, or they're fragmented, I think that's a different question. And I think it's also super fucking subjective. So from this first aspect of my question, I really didn't fucking get a good answer. But that's kind of like how psychology works. So the whole subject is pretty subjective in my mind. I think researchers should start focusing on this a lot more because nowadays, like I said, like the average social media page and how many followers we have is only going up from here. Like more and more people are using social media. So it's only a matter of time before we all have more interactions, more followers, et cetera, on social media. So I think we should just kind of like reassess what our social systems can physically handle in our brains. And I understand that that was very roundabout. And there wasn't a very clear cut answer, but I do think that it kind of gives a, this is like where I kind of segued into my next idea, which was virality and going viral. So when people talk about social media and its impact on our brain, I feel like Like I said in the beginning, most people are just kind of focusing on like stress and um, body image and like models and how that fucks you up and um, stuff like that. But I think that there's kind of something missing here. I don't think people are talking about what becoming viral literally does to your brain or like the sheer number of interactions on someone's social media content, like how that impacts your brain, right? I just think that that's like adds a little bit more to the conversation, at least in my mind. I haven't heard a lot about that. When we think of these really, really popular kids on TikTok, like number one, they're literally fucking kids with millions of followers. Like that's got to fuck you up. That has to fuck you up from the start. First of all, if I could have gone viral as a teenager, I couldn't have. I want to put that out there. I couldn't have. And yeah, my, my, my social media is not that fucking good. Let's say I had the option. I don't know that, I don't know that I would have handled it very well. I mean, these people are literally getting paid to like get fucking reamed by society. Like their entire comment section is like just hate. They basically get paid to be hated on a lot of them. Can you fucking imagine that? Like, no. I go out like one night a month, LMAO. (laughs) My friends will be like, yeah, we can. Yeah, she never fucking goes out with us. So I go out like one, one night a month. And if I don't think I look amazing and if one person has a negative comment on my outfit, especially, I'm I'm fucking ruined. Like I don't want to go anymore. My week is probably thrown off. I have to like reassess my closet. So to think about getting millions of fucking hate comments on your page because your outfit is ugly or whatever the fuck people are like coming at you for is just mind-boggling to me, especially at such impressionable ages like in your teen years. Like no, absolutely fuck that. So I want to know like what this, <laughs> that was a big tangent, but I just want to know like what does this, what does this do to us? Like what is this doing to people and should people really be like striving to become viral? 
what I found basically was like, I don't, again, really have the best answer to this, but I did find a lot of research that's kind of centered around um, the chemical dopamine. If you don't know what dopamine is, she is basically, she's a chemical in our brain and she is associated with like our reward systems um she may she motivates us to do in the past okay like today and evolutionarily she's like a function i hate calling her she okay we're gonna go back to dopamine dopamine is something that motivates us to do basic functions basic human functions that keep us happy keep us alive like eating good food getting sleep um doing things that make us happy like I'm um, sorry. I like literally keep burping. So they're kind of silent though. But if I'm like pausing, it's probably because of that. I just ate a lot. <sighs> okay. I need to continue. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But yeah, dopamine. Okay. So yeah. So she's like a neurotransmitter. She makes us feel happy. Like I said, she's associated with our she. Why do I keep fucking saying she? Dopamine. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Uh, Okay. I'm good now. I promise. Dopamine, like I said, at its basic function, it motivates us to do things like eating food, do getting good sleep, things that make us happy. But it also now has a place in our evolved brains that it regulates kind of like how we experience social media. And that's because if you think about it, like likes are associated to our reward system. Obviously, we can cut. That's pretty fucking intuitive. If you're getting liked, you're feeling validated. You're feeling rewarded. You're feeling that social social approval, all that good shit. And dopamine can give us this like emotional high. So when we're getting all these likes and followers emotionally, subconsciously in our brain, Dopamine is being released and we can get this like emotional high, this social approval, this social validation, all that good shit. And so at a viral level, this is like insane. Like you're, it's, it's so much social approval, it's so much validation. And I also just want to say that like it's different. It's different from just getting like posting a regular post that's not going viral and all of the feelings that are associated with that. And I'm going to explain kind of how. So let's say for like a normal TikTok or a normal Instagram post, you are posting a very cute selfie. You're posting or maybe it's a thirst trap, like go off queen, post the thirst trap. You know what I mean? But it's going to get, it's not going viral. It's an average thirst trap. You're getting 500 likes maybe. And it probably, after that, it plateaus after one day. You're not going to get, like, 500 more likes the next day for no reason. It's kind of done. That's a typical, like, posting experience, you could say. So, for that, for that thirst trap that you posted, you got 500 likes. That's pretty good. Some, some dopamine is being released. You're feeling rewarded. You're feeling validated. You're feeling hot. You're like, I am ready for bikini season to come. You know what I mean? Um, and when you when you wake up the next morning, you've kind of moved on from it. Your brain's your brain's over it. Uh, you're kind of like just it's done. That experience is over. But that is way different than what happens when a post goes viral. If you think about it, viral posts can last for weeks. It can last for months. That fucking Julia Fox TikTok sound. Other people's videos are going so viral because of that, and it's literally lasting for like months. 
And that is, that's going to affect our brains differently. It lasts way longer. This dopamine hits way harder. It lasts way longer and it leaves us with a stronger kind of emotional high and that your, your brain wants to feel that again. Your brain wants to feel these dopamine release experiences again and again and again. So when you're getting this, these such high numbers of interactions that are going on for way longer periods of time, it's like way more intense. This is all subconscious, by the way. You're not like consciously like, oh my God, I feel so high. I'm tripping balls on dopamine. No, that, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> it's just that dopamine is being released more and for longer than it is in a normal, a typical like social media liking experience. It can fuck you up, basically. P- to put it nicely, it can have catastrophic results. Nah, that kind of fucks us up. <laughs> because now subconsciously in our brain, there is this desire to chase that feeling again. Where We crave the, the likes. We crave this feeling of virality and the social approval. And we're, we're chasing the dopamine rush. And I don't really want to equate it. I don't really want to equate it to a drug addict because that's kind of dramatic. I don't, it's not really like that. Like I said, you're not tripping off of fucking dopamine, but it's kind of like, just to paint the picture, it's kind of similar. Like you get addicted to this feeling and it's like an emotional high. Like I talked about, your brain is like yearning to feel that feeling again. And it's so intense that when you don't get it again, you feel like shit. Like, subconsciously and probably consciously too like if that thirst trap that you posted maybe it went viral one day or one week and the next week you post one and it's done like no one likes you anymore and it it did not get a lot of likes you feel like shit about it your your brain is not releasing the same amount of dopamine you're not getting that sense of reward and social validation that you did when you did go viral and I think that can have like detrimental effects. Not to say we don't know exactly like the sheer number. Like I couldn't say that we have like a Dunbar's number for posting. There's not. And social media as an idea is like so new, especially in the field of research. It's being, it's like in its infancy, right? Like it's so new within the last three to five years that we haven't really caught up in the worlds of intellect, they're still working on it. They're still working on finding the answers to these questions that we all have. But we do know that this kind of cycle of going viral, dealing with these high numbers of social interactions, higher than 150, it it can have like negative effects on us when we don't get that again. And it can be addictive. And I just think that going viral is not all it's cracked up to be, I guess. I guess. Like, I don't really know. Maybe it is. I'm not sure. This doesn't sound fun. I don't really need dopamine also hitting me like a fucking truck at the end of the day. I don't need that stress. But then again, I am making this podcast with the hopes that people listen to it. So who am I to say shit? I don't really know. I don't have a fucking closing, so I'm just speaking from my head and my heart right now. So basically, to wrap up this episode, I guess some key takeaways. I don't want to sound like that teacher that's like, okay, what did we learn today? 
But basically the key, the key takeaways is that I learned, and hopefully you might have learned, is that we don't really know how many social interactions or, or likes or followers is too many for our brains to handle just yet. We don't know that number. Maybe we'll never have it. We don't know how many is too many. But we do know that the more interactions that we're getting, the more dopamine releases and rushes we're experiencing. And then the more that we crave that experience again and get addicted to that validation when we go viral. It can seriously have like an impact on your happiness, like I said. And I think that as a general statement, it's important to think about these things. Like maybe you don't give a fuck about social media. Maybe you hate it. I kind of do too. But when everyone nowadays, like everyone has a platform in some some way or another, maybe you don't have a lot of followers, but you still have a platform in this world where you can post whatever the fuck it is you want and people are becoming viral overnight. They're getting viral for the dumbest shit ever, some people. Some people are getting viral for, for, for cool and talented shit, but a lot of people are getting viral overnight anyone anywhere doing anything can be viral meaning that we all have to kind of think more critically about these things and when everyone is impacted by something it's clearly important to think about it and we're all impacted by these social interactions our social systems and the ability to become viral at the same time so that's basically all i have for today that's all I have to talk about. I, I'm tired, <laughs> to be honest. This was emotionally exhausting, but super fucking fun. I really, really enjoyed. I really, really enjoyed the process of making this first episode. So I'm hoping that I can continue to do that, and hopefully people will listen. Um, if not, that's fine too. I'm gonna continue probably anyways. But I really, really thank you if you made it to the end of this. So thanks for listening to episode number one of an expert on nothing and next week i'm hoping to have on my first guest i'm not going to disclose who that guest is just yet but we're we're going to explore kind of what they are experts on in quotation marks um what they are interested in and uh have a little fun together so i hope you i guess have a great rest of your day a great rest of your week and um i'll see you later